and thus will not make a noise when I put my cup of tea down on the table with the microphone on. What about when you drink your cup of tea like this? (sighs) Use that as your cold open. Welcome to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. It is episode 73 on the 28th of February, February, 20th Feb. And I am Brendan Caldwell and I'm here this week with Alice Bale, as usual. Hello. And also Dave Erwin. Hey up, lads. Hello, Dave, of the guides department. Mm -hmm. How are you? I'm good. Tired. I already asked you how you were whenever we started this call, but I'm asking again (laughs) for the benefit of our listeners. Yeah, just tired more than anything else at the moment. Um, Life situations different now, but getting into the swing of things, so. Let's talk about video games and make everyone feel better about their lives, including (laughs) us. Uh, we are how are you Alice I'm fine that just made me laugh a lot it was my um, housemate's birthday party the other night and I was down the pub and one of his mates that I don't really know very well was like alright you know how are you because you know I see him every so often he's like how are you how are you doing and I said I'm really tired and he was like just work tired or like and I, I went, I, you know, I don't remember the last time I wasn't tired, to be honest. And then he sort of took me really seriously and was like, sounds like maybe, you know, kind of deeper seated problem. <laughs> Jeepers. So it's fine. I'm just going to finish my vodka and cranberry and go home. Don't, I'm just, I'm all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> now everybody's going to be writing into the podcast to say, like, I hope all of your potters are good and healthy and fine no they're Aren't... just going to be commenting saying get some bloody sleep i i just feel like being tired is the the natural state of the millennial though so i you know i'm not worried about it also it was it was a joke i wasn't being serious <laughs> <laughs> well i feel good and awake and fine i feel super not super, you know, good, or above average. There we go. Um, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we are talking about lies. <gasps> As in the lies that we are told by video games. Not lies that we are told by video game developers, because it's very hard to extract marketing and lies and say with any authority that person lied to us because you don't know what's going on inside of company ever so let's put that to one side so let's not discuss no man's sky for the whole episode if we can avoid it (laughs) (laughs) um we mean the lies uh more like trickery um but anyway, I should I should say that this this comes as a suggestion from a reader, so I'll just read out the reader's uh, email to us. This is from Andrew Smith Thomas. Dear RPS, inspired by the Baron Munchausen discussion, that was last week, what have been the greatest lies in video games? The cake, obviously, he says. Perhaps Duke Nukem Forever's release dates. Cheers, long-time listener, Andy. Um, he also thanks us for including the super shotgun in our arsenal of weapons from the base guns episode. So, <laughs> no worries. 
so there it is. We're talking lies. Damn lies. Uh, Dave. Yo. Tell us a good lie. What's your favourite lie? Well, this is the thing. There's more than one type of lie than uh, that a game can tell. It can be a lie to a character or a lie to the player. And I honestly think that the best lie that has ever been told is the entire concept of Frog Fractions. Because when you start playing it, it seems like a very childish game about a frog on a lily pad eating bugs to protect apples. And you get a little upgrades depending on what happens there. Um, now, this game is several years old now, and it's a small flash game that's for free. So I highly suggest that you play it for yourself if you haven't played it. But the best thing about it is what happens when you press the S key once you have, I believe it's the dragon upgrade. It just goes into a whole cavalcade of different genres. So it turns into like a space shooter or um, a little choose your own adventure style dialogue uh, dialogue tree where you're answering questions for the bug king on Mars. <laughs> uh, and then from there, there's a little bit of an exploration thing. Then it goes into weird 1980s um, text adventure where you've actually got to type out what you want to do. Um, and then there's a small business management sim as well about making bug porn. <laughs> so the whole game, you're saying, is just one lie after another about what it is. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's one of those games that you never see what's coming until it's right in your face. And it's a game that was, you know, when you first click on it, you're thinking, oh, it's about frog eating bugs on... Uh, on a lily pad, protecting some apples, and occasionally some maths comes up. <laughs> um, it had a, a sequel too that was teased for ages because the developer was saying the frog, the the, se the second sequel was for frog factions or frog fractions. Fractions, as in uh, points of an, uh, decimals of a right. So he was saying, or the developer was saying frog fractions 2 will be hidden in another game so every time a new game came out that people didn't understand or even a big triple a game they would joke oh this is frog fractions 2 mm, exactly <laughs> so the lie kept on coming is sort of is this the game no is this the game no um it did eventually come out though yes uh, i've not played the sequel though um only people kept on telling me to play the first frog fractions to work out exactly why it's so brilliant and i've just been putting it off and off and off up until last night and my brain is still frazzled <sighs> at least it's fresh the lie is fresh alice yes hello i want a good lie from you lie to me I'm fine. That, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, worry me with a lie. I'm sorry. I, uh, I was going to say, was it Frog Fractions that there was an ARG that was going on for ages where like a bit of the ARG was hidden in loads and loads of different indie games? And I can't remember if it was to do with Frog Fractions or not. Maybe. But each of them would have like a bit. I'm not entirely certain on of that the, one. the puzzle hidden in them somewhere. Loads and loads are really like unconnected, apart from they're all. I guess you know the indie makers knew each other. And I thought it was Frog um, Fractions, but if it is, we'll I'll link to mm. it. I'll look into it and I'll put a link. If it is, mm. um, so I was thinking because I I think I'm guessing this is going to come up, uh, later. Because there are sort of two types of lying, right? There's a narrative 
where the game is kind of wanting you to think something like it's sort of part of the plot right and then there's the lie that developers like put in 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 you know they they sort of put in the code to to maybe trick you into thinking you're better at the game than you are or or you know like um uh it was revealed i think that um the percentage this i think this is my favorite one of my favorite ones uh so when you're playing XCOM and you know you've got like you aim to you know do something shoot a, an alien uh, and it gives you a percentage chance that you know of your shot being successful yeah and depending on the difficulty that you're playing on that that percentage is fake <laughs> and and it will actually buff your the, like I think on on even on like the kind of normal mode, it uh, a fifty five a fifty percent chance of hitting is actually fifty five. So they're they're just giving you an extra little bump. Yeah, and so you feel like you've been really lucky and you've like pulled off some really difficult game. You know, really difficult down like nail biting. You know, if I don't get this shot, you know, the th- my my favorite soldier will you know get kablamoed by this big snake but in reality <laughs> your your chance of pulling it off is is several percentage points higher than than you think it is which i think is great like why not there's quite a lot of stuff like that in game development is just making the i think it was outside xbox did a video on loads of this stuff and they said that in assassin's creed if you if you are down to your last chunk of health and the enemy hits you, it doesn't go away. The last chunk of health, it just stays there. Or, like, you don't die in that moment. Uh, even, yeah, though, I... even though the health bar says you should be dead, you take, like, three more hits. Yeah, I think it, a, mm. a bunch of games like that, like, the end of your health is worth more than the the top end of it. So again, it's like more nail biting moments and stuff. I got a message from because I wrote an article about this when Hell. Do you remember the Hellblade air quotes controversy? Yeah. yeah. Oh you should, yeah. You should tell our listeners though about what the the lie in Hellblade. So yeah, in Hellblade, you play Senua, and uh, Senua is a Pictish warrior, and she's going to, you know, the sort of Viking underworld to rescue her lover, Dillian, because he had his soul sort of captured by the Vikings. Um, and she, on the journey, she gets sort of infected by a, a kind of darkness, by this rot uh, that is moves up her arm. And it's the only time the game sort of breaks the fourth wall, uh, but it tells you that like every time you die and have to like s- s- try again, the rot will move further up uh, Senua's arm, and if it gets too far, eventually uh, all progress will be lost. I think it said. Uh, and so, when people like first of all, people saw that screen and were like, "This is ridiculous!" Like. Uh, it's like, and they sort of interpreted it as meaning it would wipe your save and stuff, and got really angry about it, which I didn't understand because, like, when like Kojima does stuff like that, everyone's like, "Oh my god, what a worker, <laughs> genius!" <laughs> so first of all, people were really angry that they thought it was going to do that, and then it turned out that it doesn't do that at all. It's just a way to keep you on edge as a player, and to kind of make Sony was. Um, kind of struggle more you know present to the player uh and so it doesn't actually do that at all so then people really crossed that that wasn't true (laughs) i think there's a there's something to be said about making it a lot more personal as well because there is more than often a massive disconnect between the characters and the player whereas i think telling that little white lie kind of made it made it have bigger stakes um and it just made made it for for me at least even under the pretense that it was completely and utterly true and not an absolute fib um it made that game just a lot more like brutal and tense for me well i didn't understand because it's like you know games are entertainment media and sorry games are art and sometimes (laughs) 
Art Whoa. makes quick quick turn right there. <laughs> sometimes sometimes, you know, in art people make unusual, interesting choices to elicit a certain response from the consumer of it. And I didn't mind it either, because it's not like a doctor in real life came up to you and told you you were gonna die and then it and they were like, Lol, not really like <laughs> It's just an interesting choice in a game and that's okay. I feel like we have to draw a line somewhere though i read there's a big thread about this kind of uh these kind of like developer trickery on twitter that i'll link to and one of the things uh that one of the developers offers is that uh, whenever they were doing uh not playtest but like uh whenever they were marketing toka the rally car racing game one of the rally car racing games toka they told journalists that the enemy vehicles and enemy drivers would remember losses against you or rivalries against you and they would hold a grudge and then all the journalists playing it reported noticing that the drivers were all a bit more aggressive or had uh, remembered in some way but that was just that was just some lie that some marketing person told them it wasn't real at all (laughs) and they've just they've just it was just placebo effect that they thought that that rally car hits me. <laughs> it's it's interesting, like that kind of that like yeah, placebo effect confirmation bias. Because it was around the time of that thread I was writing the article, um, and uh, a de- developer who uh, wished to remain anonymous, who worked at Rocksteady, uh, messaged me and said like, so the Batmobile in Arkham, when you push the afterburner on it it doesn't get faster at all because <laughs> the car's already moving at the collision speed, like the limit of the engine. So all it does is change the, the FOV and put like whooshy effects on the screen to make you feel like you're going faster. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of the equivalent of uh, a small child uh, pretending he's an aeroplane just going... <laughs> Basically, is that exactly that? <laughs> Which I thought was great. Oh, wonderful lies! The wonderful keep please keep telling us these lies, um, developers. They're good. Uh, some of the Shadow of Mordor people said, or one of the programmers on Shadow of Mordor said, he wanted to have it so that the orcs having fights. You know, whenever the two orcs have the duel, mm. he wanted to keep giving keep like adding health to their health bars to make the fights last longer and stuff <laughs> but i think it didn't make it to the final game there's probably some other trickery in there because that game is full of stuff like that mm. maybe it's like the the rally drivers and and the whole the whole system is just a lie and we just think that these orcs grow to hate us <laughs> it's not true at all just reading into seeing patterns where no pattern exists just random orc data yeah. Do you have any favorite lies, Brendy? I don't have any big favorites. Uh I like I like the shooty lies that games tell us in shooters. Like the the quite famous one in System Shock 2, I think, where your last bullet does loads more damage than every other bullet in the clip <laughs> to make it feel like you've had this dramatic like impactful last shot. Because it's more likely to kill someone if it does more damage. Like, deliver the final blow with your last bullet. Um, I think stuff like that is always fun. Hmm. I didn't actually know that one. A lot of shooters as well will... Um, it's I think it's a Half-Life 2 where they... Uh, when they fire shots at you, they'll fire not necessarily to hit you at all times, but sometimes in the place that's the most dramatic... So they'll make sure you can see the tracer rounds zipping across your screen um, to make it feel like you're under fire rather than being hit by fire. That's cool. I remember from that thread, so uh, someone who worked on Bioshock said that um, the first time an enemy fires at you, it will always miss so that you don't get like surprise shot. Like You know you're being shot at rather than taking damage, so then you have a chance to turn around and... Or take cover. I know, I know that one was there because that's in my 
that's in a quiz that's coming up later. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry, Brendan. Um, but yeah, that those shootery things are like quite common practice. They do the same in um, all the Uncharted's. I think is the same practice. It's like the bullets will explicitly miss you as well. And when the screen kind of goes red or dark around you, it's not you getting hit by bullets. It's just showing that. What is it? It's how the naughty naughty dog explained it. It's not you getting hurt until the point of death. It's your luck running out until you actually are hit by a bullet. So basically, in loads of shooters, um, all the enemies are programmed to be stormtroopers until a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What about? Because I was thinking about um, Tacoma games. Do you think they count as sort of lying to you to, because they are because so like with Gone Home, they when the first time you play Gone Home, you think it is something that it isn't because they know from what they've done, they know what you're gonna think from playing it. You mean whenever games throw out like plot red herrings? Yeah, with Gone Home especially, I think at this point they're sort of. That, because what with that, and then um, um, oh, just Tacoma is the name of the game, isn't it? It's the Fulbright Company. Um, yeah. So with with Tacoma, like at, at that point, I think that they're sort of drifting into like M Night territory, where you're like, so I know there's going to be a twist, but like with Gone Home, they didn't even really explicitly like tell you this is a horror game. You you just assumed it was, and I actually someone once commented saying like it was clearly gonna be a horror game, and then they just ran out of money because that's how development works. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I, I yeah, I don't know how I feel about the 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 gone home red herrings and genre genre bending. I don't think it does it quite as well in that sense because, like. With other games, there's a lot more of an impact when that happens, and f- like Gone Home just didn't actually have that crescendo of tipping it over the edge. Really? And I think that's for me as well. Yeah. Ah, oh, you you're wrong. You guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like a lot of people will probably. I felt the same about Firewatch. I think I've spoken about this before, but like when you throw out too many, when you throw out so many red herrings and like possible avenues for the plot to go down, the viewer or the reader or the player doesn't know what to expect. So if you don't have a solid expectation, because it could be any number of possibilities, then how can you have your expectations subverted because you don't know where you stand at any one point in time? And mm. I felt like that playing Gone Home, I felt. I don't know where I stand here. Tacoma, I felt, was much better because I knew where I stood. It was like, yeah. here, here, is a, here is a problem that they have. How are they going to get out of that problem? Okay. And well, I, I, by the end, I don't want to spoil too much of, of like Gone Home. I'm sure, you know, if you haven't played Gone Home yet, go play Gone Home. But um, I did, I'd figured out that it wasn't a horror game, but then I did have quite a strong kind of dread and expectation for the last bit yeah that was then change yeah hmm. i feel that that that's what fulbright do they, they make you feel uneasy and worried for the characters and then they pull that rug out from under you and are like don't worry uh there is uh there's a game called the station which if you liked tacoma you might like um which is set on a space station um, where something has gone terribly wrong and the crew are missing, um, uh, and you've gone to kind of you're you're exploring it and kind of uh, trying to figure out what happened, uh, and you know there are like there are mysterious, you know, figures kind of on board and stuff as well, and uh, and it it's very it's a familiar game if you've played anything like you know Tacoma before because space station oh no, something's happened. What's happened? Um, but like the the lie in it, the kind of reveal at the end, I did not see coming at all. <laughs> okay. The yeah. Station. Even though it is, I like looking back in hindsight. If I'd been paying attention, you you could have figured it out. But now, and I guess now, like that episode 
of the IT crowd, you know there's a twist. <laughs> um, yeah, it's if you, yeah, it's it, that's an interesting one. Was I going to ask, Dave? I know you have more lives that you want yeah. to talk about. You told me last night you had seven games. That's too many. I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> one more. Well, I'm going to make this a good one. Uh, to be honest, the only other game that I think lies just about as well as Frog Fractions did for me was uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Basically, it's much the same story in that the entire game is just built around lies. I remember now. I told you I would shout at you because of this, because it's not a PC game. But it is a PC game, because it came out in 2002. There was a substance version, so it does count. Whatever. Besides, you talked about Uncharted. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, so, well, Yeah, tell us more about MGS2's lies. So, the first lie is the character you actually play as for the majority of the game because you get the bait and switch that you're playing as solid snake for the entire game because it's a sequel to metal gear solid i mean solid's in the title of the game so you kind of think it's more of the same when about half uh, a third of the way through you finish the part where you're on some kind of oil tanker of sorts and you're now in a base as a completely different character called Raiden, who's a very pretty boy and uh, not what people were expecting back in the early 2000s for their stealth shooter thing. And pe- um, people thought that that was the biggest lie that the game told, but actually the lies get even more ridiculous. Um, there's the whole <laughs> fact that... The main character is uh, Raiden. Is uh, it's revealed to him at least some point in the way through that he's actually one of um, the agents of the Patriots that they've been uh, sort of conditioning to operate in under their own guise, <laughs> under their own control. And then there's a scene where a rather famous scene where he's basically naked and. Uh, doing cartwheels whilst being naked for some reason and if you go into the codec and try to talk to uh, I believe it's uh, the general he starts spouting nonsense about all sorts of other things like lines from the first game or just some absolute nonsense that just makes no sense and what happens like right at the end of the game, and this is the part that I think is fascinating now, considering where we are today. What uh, what actually happens is you you do something to disable the Patriots' uh, AI, but you still get uh, access to the Colonel and one other character, and it turns out that the AI has become sentient. Um, and is trying to control information coming out of uh, the White House, and you've basically been a test subject for their own experiments. And your solid two is dumb. It's so <laughs> dumb, but the thing that I love about this is the fact that it then goes on. Uh, the AI then goes on to talk about um, the concept of what the internet is used for. Uh, and how they want it to be a place where people can learn things and advance the human race, whereas what we're actually using it for is cat pictures and uh, memes about nonsense uh, that don't actually benefit society in their eyes, and they're seeking to control that. Um, And they also mention something about stories in, like, uh, online where you look at it and take it uh, take it in as fact, whereas these that de- uh, whereas eventually people could choose what they believe is true, and that's kind of telling for what we see these days in uh, like uh, the rise of social media and all of that stuff. So what you're saying is, Hideo Kojima 
and Metal Gear Solid 2 predicted fake news. Exactly. <laughs> In 2002. It's ridiculous, I know, from the sounds of things, but the more uh, I listened to the conversation back just, um, you know, about a week ago, just because I was like, hang on a sec. This, this really is predicting fake news about I... <laughs> 15 years before it became a big thing. I'm going to accept MGS2 as one of your lie games, okay? But I am also going to point out that there was so much nonsense in Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, complete and utter it had nonsense. To be, it had to be correct about something. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like the stopped clock you know, theory. Like, it's going to be right at some point. Oh, stupid. Stupid Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop you, though, because I want to tell... I want to do a quiz with you guys. Uh, cool. Do you want to do a quiz? Yes. Yes. Okay. Here's our quiz. It's called Truth or Dirty Lie. It should really be called good lie or dirty lie i don't know basically i'm going to tell you about a, a, a mechanical lie or some trickery in a game uh some form of weird trickery and you're going to tell me if it was real or not if i'm lying or if the game did tell it's good lie does that make okay. sense yeah yeah i think i got it okay so i'll start with some easy ones that we probably already talked about the first shots against you in Bioshock always miss. <laughs> true. That is a lie of the game. So true. <laughs> okay, for, so for simplicity, let's say, let's say, good lie or dirty lie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm the one. I'm the one who tells dirty lies. Okay. The game developers tell the good lie. Good lie. Okay, good lie. Good lie. All right. The big daddies in Bioshock Two run slower when you're not looking at them. That sounds like a dirty lie to me. Uh, but I can't put my finger on why. I'm going to say that... I'm going to say it's a dirty lie because... Oh, yeah, dirty lie, yeah. It's a good lie. Oh, really? Yes, and apparently Sam Barlow also said that Silent Hill Shattered Memories does a similar thing, where if you, but this time if you look behind you over your shoulder to see the enemies, it will slow them down so that they're just behind you. <laughs> um, okay, let's do another one. In the Resident Evil 2 remake, the tyrant or Mr. X is 1.5 times bigger when the player is not looking at him. This is to make him heavy enough so his footsteps echo further. I really want to say that's a dirty lie because why would that correlate when they can just amplify the sound? Yeah, they they surely are not related. They can just make his footsteps as loud as they want. You're both correct. It is a dirty <laughs> lie. I saw through that one. I think I think I've got the gist of the game now. If I can see through your lie. Yep, you've got it. In Half-Life 2, only two enemies will ever shoot at you at once, and the rest will just run around shouting things. Uh good lie. But why would they be shouting things? I'm gonna differ and say dirty lie. It is a good lie. Ah! The, other, the other baddies will try and flank you in some way and shout things like flanking and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> in Surgeon Simulator, there is a phone and if you, dial, if you dial your real number, your real life phone will ring. Uh, true. Sorry, good lie. Mm, I'm gonna say good lie but I'm not sure why. It is a good lie. I have to try this out. Apparently the <laughs> developers uh, set up a, a dialing box or something so that it would call you. But who uh, pays for the call? I guess they do. I don't know. Um, it's hidden, apparently. It's like a hidden feature. So 
Let's let's oh. do one. let's do another one. In Alien Isolation, the developers put severed but living human heads in the vents above the player and programmed them to salivate to make it seem like an alien was there without using processing power. Uh, I am going to say a dirty lie because it's too specific. <laughs> mm. I, 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 I don't trust the word salivate. Yeah, I think you've won me over on that one. Yeah, dirty lie. You're right. It, it's a dirty lie. <laughs> <laughs> my, my joy of the word salivate gave me away. <laughs> um, if the health bar in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood reaches one square, a variable within Ezio Auditori's character called murder power triples in value. Uh, I'm going to say good lie because that is exactly the sort of thing that a gamer, a developer would call a buff to um, damage. Yeah, totally agree. It is a dirty lie. Ah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Murder power is what I would call a variable in something. <laughs> it's what I would call it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. In Fallout New Vegas, any time a cinematic happens, it's really your character getting warped to a room and locked in there with an old man called Ron the narrator who you cannot see because your head is paralysed so it can only look at a wall where a cinematic is being projected. Uh, Why would he have a name? <sighs> oh, because people name everything. The the um, the NPC that carried, was like the tether for Fallout 76 had a name. Um, but... I'm going to say Dirty Lie again. Yeah, it does sound like a dirty lie to me. Guys, this is a good lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good lie. There is a video of it on YouTube and it's wonderful. Ron the narrator is this old grey-haired grizzled man and he does really speak like his mouth moves whenever he's talking about this. Like, he's giving the voiceover and he just talks to you. <laughs> It's so wonderful. Oh, man. Um, okay, in recent Hitmans, every bullet fired from a gun is actually a deadly screwdriver moving so fast it can't be seen and is programmed to disappear after colliding with something. Are there screwdrivers in the game otherwise? In the Hitmans, yeah. Mm. Uh... Wait, say it again? So they disappear? Every bullet fired from a gun is actually a deadly screwdriver moving so fast it can't be seen and it is programmed to disappear after colliding with something. No, dirty lie. That's yeah. surely preposterous. Someone would have slowed that footage down and uh, discovered it. Unless they did. Oh no! Uh, yeah, That's, dirty no, lie. Because bullets in games exist. You wouldn't need to make them a screwdriver. <laughs> Why isn't every bullet in every game a screwdriver in that case? <laughs> it is a dirty lie, you're correct. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> okay, last one. In Company of Heroes, a vehicle that is out of control and burning will always look for the nearest fuel tanks to crash into. Oh, that sounds too good to not be a good lie. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say good lie. It is a good lie. Yeah, it is. There we go. That was um, good lie or dirty lie. The BBC uh, should hope, commission it. I hope. I hope, <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed it at home and were playing along. Uh, the end scores are. I lost. The end scores are Alice nineteen, Dave twenty-five. Oh what? How did I win? He's 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 made it up. <laughs> is it like is it like golf? The lowest score actually wins. No, I'm just telling another dirty <laughs> lie to write it all off. <sighs> Sorry. You dirty liar. Right. Uh, let's, let's stop talking about lies now. Lies, we're done with lies. We're finished the lies. Um, shall we talk about what we've been playing? Yes. Sounds good to me. Dave, what are you at? What are you playing? Go on. Uh, I've mostly been playing Anthem uh, for guides purposes. Okay, Alice has also been playing Anthem, so I feel like you should, too should um, release your frustrations about it. 
Oh, I mean, it's oh. fine. Like, it's, it's not run it, of the mill. It's not even like a a an interesting car crash that it's fun to sort of write about. It's just like there are bits of it that are good and that you and yeah, yeah. I I don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some stuff in the end game that on paper sounds interesting but it's just like every other mmo in that when you finish it what do you do oh you just do the same missions over and over to get slightly better loot uh, I'll, I'll stop you there dave the end game stuff isn't interesting um so you do yeah you get different difficulties to get your your epic loots but mm. um there's this additional thing that's like doing the challenge of the guardians and it's basically so the the famous i say famous the the level the mission that got talked about most was the one where you have to enter some tombs but to mm. enter the oh, tombs God, you have to, yeah you have to have done like three missions uh open 15 chests killed 50 people close range killed 50 people with your ultimate whatever um, and there's just that, but like even more, and it's it's like do 200 mission or whatever. It's what? <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, I the, I think the main problem is like if it was just for me, the biggest problem is that it's really difficult to actually do the flying about and shooting things. If it was just Fort Tarsus and the flying about and shooting things, it would be fine. But there are so many loading screens and so many little annoyances with it that make it really difficult to play that mm. it's just bleh, just do destiny I, mate like, like I, I had the most fun flying around and just trying to get as far as I can on one uh, one jet fuel's worth of uh, burst and stuff but flying around is about as fun as it gets like the shooting's very standard the abilities are very standard apart from the ones that are tied to the like legendary and masterwork stuff those are quite interesting in that uh, there's one where instead of one living flame you shoot two of them at once and ones where you've got a grenade where um it can detonate and the detonation triggers everything to become frozen and like there's some inspiration in some of the later game items and things like that but it just does not feel like enough in your um review alice you said that the best way to uh approach anthem is to ask yourself the question when was the last time you were excited about the shooting in a bioware game something <laughs> like that yeah i mean because like the story bits like the fort tarsus bit because there isn't much story but you can sort of the characters and you can sort of like have an ongoing relationship with characters at fort tarsus and stuff and it changes over time and you've got like an email inbox which i didn't notice for ages and they've even done like spam emails and there are like three um radio plays going going on that you can find and listen to like serialized radio plays and one of the characters mm. is writing fan fiction about them and stuff um and that's all cool and i was i was impressed at how well they managed to do that with a very light touch in a, in a game that is an mmo action shooter thing but that like it the powers and stuff like with your suits are quite cool and the suits are fun but the shooting is just like it's very insubstantial and uh it's like it reminded me of um in the Fallout 76 review that Nate Crowley did for us, uh, he said the shooting felt like flicking packing peanuts at Jason Momoa, and that's what it feels like in this as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nate. She's good on. The thing that gets uh, that gets me about the story and all that kind of stuff, it, it just feels like it's so far in the background which for a Bioware game just feels wrong. Like, you expect the story to be front and centre and like all the incidental moments of speaking to people to be more than just, oh, this is a thing that happens. Uh, does it mean anything? No, not really. Does it mm. flesh it out? A little bit. 
How long did it take you to find it? Well, I had to pause and go through a load of menus to look at stuff, and I didn't even notice it on the second pass, so... <sighs> it's... There, that, there it is, the exasperated sigh of someone who does not enjoy the game. I, it's so disappointing. Like, the problem... Why with... are you disappointed, though? It's, it's like, didn't you know when you first saw it at E3? Didn't you know? I didn't want it to be true. <laughs> I, it, it, I'm not mad at it for like not being, um, you know, Mass Effect, because it wasn't going to be. But it's not really even a good version of what it is, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not even. It's not like it's not any better than Destiny, is what you're saying. No, I mean de- it's. Like just if you like that sort of game, just stick with Destiny too. But I mean, the thing with games as a service stuff is that it, you know, in three months' time, everything I've just said could be a lie, and they've you know they <laughs> might have changed it, and you know taken out the loading screens and made it easier to play in free play, and you know fixed the thing where you don't spawn in with your squad, which is really annoying. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know added a load of new stuff that's amazing, but. Right now, it's it's whatever, whatever. You know it's what just I... looking at a game that's not even twenty percent finished from the looks of things. Oh come on, that's harsh. It's yeah, definitely I don't, I, I wouldn't 20% say that. Twenty finished. <laughs> I mean, con- um, like in terms of what there is in it, it just feels like there's less than half a game in there for me. No, it's fifty percent now, is it? Less than like half. Forty-five percent then. <laughs> I did, like. Um, do, do you know what I like? I like that I um just before it came out um and Apex Legends was announced and released at the same time, and a lot of people started shouting saying, "Oh, god damn it, EA! You know why are you releasing this?" cool looking game from respawn at the same time as you're about to release this massive game from bioware that's just going to overshadow it and you know mm-hmm. no one's going to no one's going to play apex legends because you, you're doing titanfall 2 again you're burying it you just you just and now it's like the complete opposite nobody's playing anthem mm-hmm. everybody wants to play apex legends yeah Maybe that it was a tactical release. Maybe they realized eh, there's not quite enough here. Let's release something that people might actually want to play. Either way, I, 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 I think with Anthem, it's obvious that, like you know, people work really hard on it, and it, it but it's just not. It's not a, a game that Bioware necessarily has a lot of expertise, you know, in how to make, and so the bits that. Bioware are good at and are known for are, in my opinion, the best bits. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll once they've updated it and stuff, I'm sure we'll have a look at like the new season and the new stuff they do. Um, but yeah, right now it's just a sort of a frustration, and yeah. I don't, I don't want EA to close Bioware. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Don't do that. If 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 you're listening, EA, no, don't do that. Um, okay, cool. So that's what we've been playing, Anthem. Sadly, just tears rolling down yeah. Alice and Dave's face as they play. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I've been playing Ape Out as well. Ape Out's brilliant. Tell us a little bit about Ape, Ape Out really quickly. I will very quickly. Um, Ape Out's out today and by the time this goes up my review will also be up and so I could talk about it. Ape Out's really good. In Ape Out you play an ape who needs to get out um, who has been captured. It's a top down uh, action game uh, with procedurally generated levels and a procedurally generated jazz uh, drumming soundtrack as well and you explode guys by smashing them into walls and uh, trying to avoid getting shot by them um, and the levels are all like um, uh, really. They're short. You have to get basically from one side to another of uh, a science facility or an army base, or uh, you have to escape an office block. Uh, and I don't know why an office block was keeping a caged gorilla on the on the penthouse <laughs> office, but um, but it's genuinely so good. I've given it a bestest best. I think it's fantastic. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Big praise. Big praise for the big yep. Good. Yeah. Well, at least there was one good game. Oh, yeah, smashing. Playing. Yeah. All right. Hey, so, love it. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Uh, let's see what our readers have said about dirty lies. <laughs> going back to lies or was that a lie in itself that was uh, an unintentional lie we asked our listeners and readers what is your favorite trickery in video games the smoke and mirrors things that designers pull christian peterson gives a good example that matthew castle our own video person wanted us to bring up which is the train in fallout 3 that's actually an npc with a train hat Oh. A, hilarious, a hilarious example <laughs> so it looks like Fallout are, are good at making weird doing weird trickeries with NPCs oh man that is really good I quite like the one below it about uh, Antichamber um, just because it kind of makes you think oh this is one type of puzzle but actually it's a completely different type of puzzle and the game's just tricked you so much Oh, that's from Stop Dragon My Heart Around, which is an interesting uh, Twitter username. Ethan Zugai says, The Mirror in Silent Hill 2, which is just two James Sunderlands running in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) So you put a window pane and you program a character to run along with you (laughs) in like a mirror image. Uh, He says it's quite common, I believe. Uh, I think it is, yeah. I think people have mm. done that in different games, Duke Nukem games and stuff like that. I think did that. That's that's really sweet. Silent Hill Two in itself is uh, another game that's built on lies uh, for the narrative and stuff as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Many layers of lies going on in Silent Hill. The uh, Alex Camilleri has uh, added a GIF of the <laughs> Firewatch uh, model deformation. So when you bring a, uh, open the map uh, in Firewatch, you um, look at it and, and like your hands get big because you hold the the map close to the camera. And they achieved this by just making the character model's hands really massive. <laughs> it does look wonderful. It looks like DK mode in GoldenEye. You know, like you're just his arms just getting huge. <laughs> That's There's quite a few people saying anti-chamber, actually. Jake Doran and, uh, yeah, Stop My Dragon Heart Around also says anti-chamber. Yeah. Simon says, I'm always impressed by the way they mess with scale to make worlds seem huge but traversable. So, for example, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I can hop on a boat in Athens and be in Crete in five minutes. When reality, it would take, you know, a hundred times longer. But the world doesn't feel a hundred times smaller. Travel speed is always kind of a lie, right? Like, you yeah. know, mm. like the the speed at which uh, a, 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 a character can run is ridiculous. It's like gazelle-like, isn't it? Mm. It's, it always annoys me in any game where the, the walking is kind of realistic and you're like, oh, no, let me sprint. I need to do a speed test in Anthem, actually, because I was thinking about uh, when you're in Fort Tarsus and running. It doesn't actually feel faster than walking. Like if you if you um, hold shift down, there's like a. It feels slightly faster, but I'm not sure if it actually is. Wait, you can. You can run in Fort Tarsus. Oh my god! I think you can. I've wasted so much time. It doesn't feel faster. (laughs) Oh no! Gonna have to do another review now, Alice. I mean, it could just be me being conditioned to believe that that's the case. So what, it's psychological, when you hold down shift, you think you're going faster, but you're not really. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm lying to myself. <laughs> um, Christian Peterson says again, uh, another suggestion, any first-person game where you go through a door and the environment changes when you turn back around. Uh, so he means, like, when you, look, when you look back at what you've just been through, it's not there anymore, it's different. Layers of Fear, he says, an otherwise mediocre game did this one thing super well. Yeah, they do it in um, uh, the Observer, which is the 
the second game that Blooper Team made as well. And it is it's disorientating and creepy. But if they do it too much, you, you just start expecting it. Like if you walk into a room and and the door behind you locks or whatever, and you're like, okay, I'll just turn around a few times, I guess. Okay, all right, the scary drawing on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he also says the weird perspective hallways and infinite sna- stairs in Super Mario 64, which I think, yeah, they qualify for sure. One that's not on the social medias, but uh, one that Matt suggested when I was briefly talking to him about it yesterday, uh, Stanley Parable. Uh, it's a lie about choice. So you try and do something that's, you know, completely different from what the narrator wants you to do. And you just end up having horrible endings. And the only good ending really is if you actually do what the narrator wants you to do. I mean, it's possible that all choice is, is an illusion anyway, you know. Oh, Alice... Come on, oh, you had to hit us with the heavy stuff, didn't you? Well, I mean, given that the, all the experiences that you've had up to your life until now, when faced with a choice, there's only really one decision you can make given the person you are in that moment. Uh, and speaking not philosophically, there's also been a weird thing where uh, I'll try and find a source for it, but like they've done um, brain scans that um, uh, I think it was like they scanned someone's brain and when they were like, like just like there's a button in front of you and you can press the button whenever you like. And the areas of the brain to move their hand and press the button light up like a fraction of a second before the area that shows they made a conscious decision to do it, which is creepy. You mean the inst- so they make... Okay, so you do things on an instinctive level and then you superimpose conscious decision making on top of it yeah so that's the suggestion super well that's been the electronic wireless show (laughs) (laughs) i hope that you've all enjoyed listening to it you had no choice to listen to it whether or not you thought you had a choice to listen to it and that is the great lie really isn't it okay wow that's depressing. Um, and on that yeah. somber note. <laughs> is it depressing or is it, you know, in a way it's it's comforting, isn't it? Well, because it absolves you of all sin. Like, oh, I was always going to murder that person, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you, so, so I want to say thank you to uh, our, our listener who suggested that. Thank you to uh, Andrew Smith-Thomas. Um, for your suggestion if you have your own suggestions for topics or themes we should discuss please email them podcast at rockpapershotgun.com you can find us on twitter and facebook at rockpapershot and on youtube as well at rockpapershot I'm on twitter brendy underscore c Dave are you on twitter? Uh, yep Dave underscore underscore Irwin two underscores? yeah some someone got the one with one underscore before me oh pity <sighs> <laughs> Uh, Alice, you're not on Twitter. No. Uh, but uh, thank you, Dave and Alice, and uh, we'll we'll see everybody next time. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ta-da. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
But in the current digitized world, trivial information is accumulating every second, preserved in all its triteness.